Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS Podcast. Simon Leisha here in Melbourne, Australia. Great to have you back. This week, I want to save you some money. Now, I'm not the flimflam man. I'm not a snake oil salesman. I'm doing what uh, us solution architects at AWS love to do with our customers, and that's legitimately help them save money. In fact, one of our goals when we work for customers is help them optimize the use of AWS so they get the absolute maximum value for money when they're deploying their systems. One of the ways we can do that is with a technology that you've probably heard of, you may have dabbled with a little bit in the past, but I would suggest that most listeners have not looked at what it can do for them lately. And that is our old friend, Spot Instances. So I'm going to cover a little bit of the basics, but then we're gonna get into some of the good stuff and some of the newer stuff that you may not be aware of and may give you pause to look at your architecture and reassess how you can get best value for money. So what are spot instances? Well, with spot instances, you can bid on spare Amazon EC2 instances to reduce your compute costs and to improve your application throughput. Now these operate just like on-demand instances. You can select a pre-configured or a custom AMI. You can configure your security and network access. You can use multiple instance types in multiple regions and locations. Uh, you can attach them to EIPs, you can attach EBS to it, all that good stuff. Plus, pay by the hour, no upfront fees. Now, the difference is that with spot instances, you choose the price you are willing to pay per instance hour by specifying a bid price in your spot instance request. Now, when your bid meets or exceeds the current spot price, your request is fulfilled and your instances will run until either you choose to terminate them or the spot price increases above your bid price or capacity demands that it gets removed. Now, this changes the way you view that instance because now you're looking at something that can come and go depending on essentially market conditions, quote unquote. Now in its basic form, this is quite useful. You could use it for a lot of different workloads. The traditional workloads that we see it being used in are anything that's sort of batch or massively parallel processing related that is also stateless or can be easily restarted. So think of things like financial modeling and analysis. Uh, web crawling was often a very common one. Uh, image processing and transcoding. Again, anything you can spin up, you know, feed some data off a queue, pull some data off S3 is a very common uh, architecture we always see. Uh, do some processing with it and then you're done. And by being able to bid on the capacity, you can actually change the financial dynamics of the work you're doing. You're still getting access to the same infrastructure, you're still building things the same way, but suddenly you're doing it a little bit more cost effectively. That's in its basic form, but a lot of things have changed in the lifetime of Spot. And it's always interesting to see how these things happen because they're driven by customers. Now we had customers, particularly in the financial world, who would take the concept of spot and say, hey, bidding on markets, hey, uh, doing interesting financial analysis to get the best value for money. We know a bit about this. We can apply this knowledge to what's going on in the spot market and got some great results and some huge cost savings. Also, the scientific community did a lot of work in this space as well. Part of what happens, of course, is that when customers use the services is they provide feedback. And we love customer feedback about our services because that helps inform what we will do next with them. So let me share with you some of the things that have changed or happened over the years that can make things a lot easier. Let me start with one that people asked me for for a long time, which was instance termination notices. Now the whole concept of Spot is to say, hey, here's this instance that you bid on until such time as your bid is exceeded. 
and then it can go away and it can go away without notice and immediately. Now, for most use cases, that's absolutely fine and that's what you should design for. But some customers had kind of these borderline use cases where they said, you know, I love Spot, it's okay that it terminates, but I'd like a little bit of warning just to do one last thing before it goes away. You know, maybe copy off a result set or update something or or put something back on a queue, etc. You know, the, the options are endless. So we have instance termination notices. And these are a really effective, simple way that when an interruption is going to take place, you can actually do something just before it goes away. So essentially a termination notice is created the moment your spot instance has been marked for termination and it indicates the time when Amazon EC2 will shut down your instance. Now you get this notification through the instance metadata service inside your spot instance. So the application on the spot instance needs to be monitoring that metadata. Any of you who have been using uh, EC2 for a while know all about that metadata. It's right in there. In fact, in the documentation, we provide you with a little example, a little uh, uh, checking of the, the cur doing the curl on the metadata, our old friend 169254, 169254. Uh, most old hands remember that one. And you can grep the termination time out of that. And that gives you a little bit of time. We recommend you check that every five seconds, a little bit of time to do you know, any last minute type stuff you might want to do. Now, it's important to note, while we make every effort to provide this warning the moment that your spot instance is marked for termination by Amazon EC2, it is possible that your spot instance will be terminated before Amazon EC2 can make the warning available. So you just want to be sure that if that termination step doesn't happen, it doesn't cause any issues for you. But it's one of those things that's nice to have if you know you're going to need it. Another thing that uh, we made available a little while ago is auto scale group support. So you can create launch configurations that include spot instances in them, bidding for those spot instances, etc. This is really useful when you want to use the mechanics of ASGs, but you also want the cost effectiveness of spot. Again, for certain types of use cases, super handy way to do things. Uh, you can also do spot bidding and create your spot autoscaling groups through cloud formation as well. So a great way to pre-configure a whole stack that uses spot. And you can, of course, parameterize the price you want to bid for that spot instance. Another thing that happened a long time ago, but a lot of people haven't quite grasped onto, is that EMR, Elastic MapReduce, supports the use of spot instances. Now, Hadoop is one of those workloads that is manifestly suited to this type of thing because MapReduce is designed to cope with failed nodes and to restart them and get on with them. So by using spot instances, you're actually using in my view, the exact right instance type for that workload for those worker nodes. So EMR includes that by default. You can just jump in, put it, select spot instances and bid for them, which is pretty nifty. What other good things have happened? Well, are you familiar with Spot Fleet? Spot Fleet takes the whole concept of spot requests and kind of broadens them out into a fleet. Now, you may be thinking when I say fleet, oh my goodness, that's hundreds of nodes or thousands of nodes, and it can be. However, it doesn't have to be. It can be much smaller than that. The thing that the fleet capability does is allows you to define set prices that you want to bid on across a range of different instance types. And it also looks after the availability of those instance types within the fleet. So let's say you're losing uh, your bids for certain uh, instance types within your fleet. Let's say you've got 100 nodes and 20 of them dropped out because the bid price on those nodes was exceeded. Um, the spot fleet will be able to spin up other nodes for you intelligently to be able to bring the overall fleet up to spec again. 
So this makes it very powerful in terms of how you can configure a bigger picture view of a large set of spot instances. So you can imagine that spot fleet came from people doing a lot of scientific work who were using large amounts of spot instances on a very programmatic regular basis and who didn't want to do kind of the care and feeding of those spot instances they just said hey can we set some rules and just kind of let it happen and that works really really well and really really effectively and takes care of it for you which is really nice the other thing you can do is you can now also specify a duration for your spot instances these are called spot blocks and this changes the bidding dynamic again so before we're talking about bids that we would put in and they would uh, be charged for by the hour and could uh, disappear without warning uh, if we're using fleet we can replace them but we kind of you know expect them to go the spot block concept changes that a little bit more and it now allows you to not terminate spot instances because you have a specified duration that you specified use the word specify twice in a row there a specified duration that you've set when you've made the bid so you can specify duration of one hour two hour three hour four hour five hour or a maximum of six hours now the price you pay will depend on the duration and you can see what the current prices are but when your request is fulfilled you will have that spot instance for the duration that you've specified so if you specified a bid on a price for a six hour block and you get the spot instance boom you've got it and it won't go away for that period of time so that's a very effective way to use spot in a more expansive time duration type approach and that's for people who have use cases that go a bit longer and they just like to specify a chunk of time which is pretty nifty you can also do really interesting things the way you do your bidding uh, in terms of looking at the prevailing prices. So particularly if your workload is not geographically dependent, you can look at pricing between different regions and uh, of course take off-peak pricing. You can see historical data across time, date and resource type and instance type so you can understand where the bids go. So you can potentially tune your workload for a particular instance type that you feel gives you a cost-effective benefit. You can also do some really impressive weighting now as well of resources. This means that you can understand or you can set rules as to how you think a particular instance type matches your workload. You can give it an arbitrary value and you can then bid against that arbitrary value such that it translates that into intelligent bid prices. Way too complicated for me to explain on the podcast. Definitely worth looking in the, uh, in the, um, in the documentation to make sure you get a good feel of that, but it's called a resource-oriented bidding and allows you to really do some intelligent, cool stuff. Well, what about a really quick and easy thing to do? Well, are you a user of Jenkins in your environment? We know many customers are. One of the things that has been uh, uh, created is the Amazon EC2 Spot Jenkins plugin. This allows you to save up to 90% of your Jenkins infrastructure cost. Now we know that Jenkins and the work that it does as part of a continuous integration pipeline is to spin up instances to do things, compiling, running, testing, all that good stuff. What better use than spot for these types of workloads? Jenkins can intelligently restart jobs, can understand when a spot instance goes away and allows you to save huge amounts of spend on your infrastructure with very little change. In fact, remember, it's about four lines of code you have to change and you get the plugin good to go and away you have it. What else to consider? Well, before I leave you today, I want to remind you that one great use case for spot instances is load testing. 
In fact, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say if you're not using spot instances for your load testing, uh, you need to reconsider your approach and think about how you can do that because load testing is one of those things that really lends itself to this transient workload. We need lots of instances for a specific period of time, but you'd like to get them as cheaply as possible. One other little bonus one I'm going to throw in there as well is that some customers also use spot instances to augment a base load capability. What do I mean? So for example, you've got a web server normally, or web service I should say, normally it uh, needs let's say eight servers to cope with the typical workload. Well, that's a great example where I can use dedicated instances or even reserved instances to support that workload. Low fixed cost, I know my hourly rate, they're always gonna be there, I'm good to go. But when I scale, maybe I want another launch configuration that leverages spot instances so I can get spot ones to fill in the gaps when I need to and scale at a lower cost. I may also have a strategy where if I can't get the spot instances I need, I'll then default to on-demand instances as well. The options are completely endless. You can choose how and why you want to do things. As you can tell, this is a hugely flexible area, more powerful than it ever was before based on customer feedback and lots of levers you can pull to make things really cost-effective and flexible. If your workload suits this type of instance type and instance behavior, then it's worth spending the time to analyze what you're doing to get the most out of your dollar spent and get the most EC2 resource you can. That's my advice to you. So Spot, have a look at it. It's really interesting. Uh, once you start, you go, wow, this is pretty cool. Uh, enjoy it and uh, I hope you save yourself some money. As always, we'd love to get your feedback. Podcast at Amazon.com. Please do tell others that the podcast is up and firing. You can get it on iTunes, on Stitcher, through our RSS feed at the website, awsamazoncom podcast. And until next time, keep on building.